This episode contains discussions of suicide. If you or someone you know are experiencing suicidal thoughts, please talk to someone. In Canada, you can go to suicideprevention.ca, and in the U.S., you can visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org for 24-hour crisis lines where you can talk to someone and get help. Welcome to The Dreaming. I'm Joe Fulgham. I'm Sasha Smolders. This is The Sandman, Issue 20, Facade. I love this cover. So does Neil Gaiman. Mm-hmm. That's about the only note that I have about the cover from the Dust Covers book that I've been uh, pulling information from, mm-hmm. except that this is acrylic inks and leaves. But I don't leaves. see where they are. It could be that leaves were used. I can kind of see a leaf-like pattern, so it's possible that they were used as brushes. Maybe. Because I can see leaf-like patterns where in the in the face of the masks. Can you see it? Like that it's kind of like a fern has been used? Um, that really could close? happen by using a dry brush there, sure. too. Yes, but we've been told that there are leaves. There are leaves, yeah. Mm, uh, I'm not sure. I think it's interesting that Wolverine has made a mark on this as well. The, the three uh, shink, shink, shink there. Yeah. Yeah. Is that You think that's what that is? Yeah. Wolverine showed up. Oh, I thought that was just three bl- blades of grass. No. What is that? It's Wolverine's signature. This is DC. Mm-hmm. Wolverine is Marvel. Mm-hmm. I don't see a problem with that. They're also green. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we have, I smoke a cigarette and I pretend I'm normal. And I wish I were dead. Facade. Hmm. This is a very sad story. It's on the inside. It is. It's very sad. Mm -hmm. So this is obviously Urania Blackwell on the cover. This is Element Girl. That was her name. Her name is Element Girl? Element Girl is Mm -hmm. her superhero name. She first appeared in the comic Metamorpho number 10 in February of 1967. Oh. My feeling on Metamorpho is... Uh, it was kind of this old-fashioned adventure serial-style superhero and really super cheesy, like kid-like cheesy. Okay. And what it was was Metamorpho was this this wise-talking guy okay. who had been exposed to the magical radiation of the Orb of Ra. Mm-hmm. It was a meteor. Mm-hmm. That's the typical thing. I've been exposed to magical radiation. Mm-hmm. And he gets turned into an elemental whose powers are that he can turn into any element that is in the human body. Oh. So he's like, I can turn into iron, ka-ching, and he looks like he's made out of metal, and then he yeah. punches people because he's tough and made out of iron. Um, or Or things like okay. that. Yeah, metamorpho. You can kind of expect how good the science was in this superhero comic where a guy could turn into chemicals. It was basically like, I'll turn into this chemical and that will do this effect. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of true of the chemical, but not exactly. (laughs) It's a stretch, yeah. Yeah, and the character was like super goofy. And Element Girl, you get her background in this. It's almost exactly, apparently, this is it. Neil gives you everything in the story. That she was some kind of secret agent Mm -hmm. in an unknown agency. Mm-hmm. who for some reason 
had been convinced to volunteer for this, quote, experiment. Okay. Where she went into the tomb again and got exposed to the radiation. Go and get your superpowers so you can fight for Uncle Sam. We we, we want to make girl versions of the boy superheroes. Yeah. Like, that's literally it. Like, so she became exactly him. She has exactly his powers. She turned into the weird freak that he is because he has the different colored face and head and arms and okay, stuff. Okay, yeah. So when you look at them standing next to them, he's like a big muscular superhero shape with no hair. Okay. But her colors. They look like chimeras or something. Well, yeah, yeah, chimera being a bunch of things. I think that's what it was supposed to be was each part of them was supposed to be a different element when they're like that or, or okay. something. I never understood him. Even as a kid, I, I yeah. thought he was a goofy character. Well, I don't know what element's supposed to be red and scaly. Yeah. And then yeah. I think her leg is wood. <laughs> yeah, I think it really is that silly. I think, and Or just as bad as, you know, somebody going, I'm making an element hero who turns into elements, and I'm going to draw part of them this color and part of them that color. And the artist doesn't have a reason for it. Yeah. And I think that's really just what it was. And then when they made her, Urania Blackwell, element girl... Mm-hmm. so sad she's a woman working as a secret agent becomes element girl yeah right? just, <laughs> and oh from what i understand of her backstory it's it's even like the i almost don't feel bad for neil killing this character because this character is kind of an insult to the strong woman archetype yeah she didn't want this at all it seems i mean we can get to it when we get to it but the, that whole scene with raw initially seemed very unconsensual well, she said at the beginning of that this is not how it happened. It's that's how she feels that it happened oh. now, right? Well, we'll get, we'll get yeah, to we'll it. Yeah, we'll get to that. She said only the stone happened. But even the beginning of it, from what I understand in the old Metamorpho comic, she was tracking down this man codenamed Stingery. And she had apparently, even though she was supposed to take him down, fallen in love with him. Of course. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, she fell for the bad boy. Oh, no. He spurned her. Oh, predictable. And went after somebody else. Oh. So she convinced the company, the agency she worked for, that her romance had been a sham, that she'd been fooling him the whole time, mm-hmm. And but said, give me a way to get back at him. And they said, well, we got this uh, experiment where you can get powers. Oh, my God, really? And she was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So she did this to get back at, at a, her ex. At her, at her villain ex. Exactly. And then her and Metamorpho join up and defeat Stingery, who ends up getting, I think he has a Stinger tail power Probably. or suit or something. Yeah. This was like 50 years ago, almost. Um, and like super cheesy. Mm-hmm. Apparently, her and Metamorpho hit it off for a while. They had a romance. But Metamorpho really liked this other woman, this uh, uh, Sapphire Stag. Okay. Who is this totally beautiful woman who fell in love with him despite his weird looks mm-hmm. and a, a thing that really i don't know, think that the comic itself understood this is what was going on but it became about oh yeah because he's a big uh, handsome hero even though he's a freak people will love him but her no nobody could ever love a woman who looks like that yeah right and that's kind of neil is kind of taking that and going yes this is a character you should have never made yeah. Let's just let her go. I mean, as we can get into the story itself, but mm-hmm. she begins very much depressed, right? It's a story yeah. about depression and about loneliness. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to leave the house, so she can't see other people, but all she thinks about is how no one calls. She right. makes up reasons. The first phone call she has, mm-hmm. she's calling Mulligan. She's making up a reason to talk to him. She should know when her checks come, and she does know when yeah. her checks come. Yeah. She's calling because he is the only person that she speaks to. Mm-hmm. 
And then he ends up getting transferred away mm-hmm. later on, or re- maybe requesting a transfer. Or just didn't want to answer. And he I... seems very polite, but... He's polite, but like he doesn't want to meet her. This has happened a lot, I think. Yeah, it can't yeah. get personal. Well, that is... I mean, that's what can happen if you come in contact with someone who is incredibly, incredibly lonely and you're mm-hmm. the only person they talk to, they can become fixated on you and then you feel like, oh my God, I just talk to someone else, right? Like yeah. that, and yeah. that you can kind of understand where Mulligan is coming from in that too, even if he had decided not to talk to her. She's mm-hmm. a very sad woman on the phone with him all the time, mm-hmm. you know? If she'd only held on another 10 years or so, she could have discovered World of Warcraft. And just, you know, lived in a basement and had tons of friends that she talked to on the internet all the time. Yeah, I guess there was no... Lead raids. Without the internet, there was no... No one was making like multiple phone line calls to play D&D together. That wasn't a thing. No, no, you, you could, could not. No. I mean, there was... You there are people and they're stuff. still doing play-by-mail where, yeah. they would, where they would, you know, write letters explaining how their characters act and things, and the Dungeon Master would then try to weave it all together, things like that. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people, some people were desperate to do that kind of thing. Yeah, I think she could have like a, like a pen pal, but she doesn't even have that. She says the only mail she gets besides junk mail is her disability check. Yeah. Now, I'm confused about what the company considers her disability to be. Is it just that she's too? She's become too lonely and depressed to work? Is that what think, it is? I think that's what it is. So so she appeared in Metamorpho number 10, mm-hmm. February 1967. Her last appearance, as far as I can tell, was Metamorpho number 17 in March of 1968. Okay. So they made her, insultingly made her a copy of him, mm-hmm. ran with her for seven months, uh, or for seven issues for mm-hmm. a little less than a year, it looks like. So, yeah, because February to March, or a little over a year. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a monthly release. At the end of it, Metamorpho was like, even though we're the same, I totally love you, babe, uh, to the real woman. Like, even though he and Element Girl were the same, he's like, that's not a reason for us to be together, which he's right. But And spurned her, and then she basically was never heard from again. Yeah. Until this issue. Okay, so the so, implication is that it's been... A long time and she's just been here with and, yeah. and that him dumping her meant that she no longer even did anything heroic anymore right. she just she's oh just like well i guess i'll go back to working and they're like do you want to do this other stuff and it, it sounds like she just gave up yeah and became a non-asset that they because she's super powerful they can't like let her go completely yeah so they just go here's some money keep living mm. hmm. we'll get in touch if we need you hmm. yeah yeah so the mulligan that she contacts has never appeared before. He's not uh, some kind of known company guy. And the company is a name for the Central Intelligence Agency. It's a nickname that the CIA has. I've been trying to find out why. Why it's called the company? And uh, the, I can't find out exactly why, but the, the best hypothesis I found, the one that I like, is that it was kind of started by people who work at the CIA. Mm. And they didn't want to keep telling people the CIA when they would talk about work. Mm-hmm. So they would just talk about the company. Yeah. And it yeah. that kind of spread to be a, an interesting way to cover up for you're talking about the CIA. Yeah. And you're not like name dropping the mm-hmm. fact that you work for the CIA quite so much. And, and then somebody who works with for the CIA, you can call them a company man. Oh. Right. Oh, yeah. Company man. Right. Okay. All of a sudden it becomes this thing, the company. 
And that name just kind of sticks. And it's supposed to make it seem different than any other government agency as yeah. well. They're yeah. not the same. Yeah. Mm, so the company is probably the CIA. And I, I, some of the things I was reading, it was interesting. Uh, in some ways, uh, the term the agency is also used. And in some, the agency and the company are kind of different factions within the CIA, depending oh. on the, the, the fiction that you're reading and how the story is all set up. Yeah. Cool. But here, it's we're pretty sure it just generally means, you know, the intelligence agency that she worked for. But the metamorphos, metamorphios... That, that dude and yeah, his band of Metamorpho, but he also was his whole comic. Yeah. His comic series. Did they work with the CIA or was it she was an outside entity working with the CIA who kind of entered his whole thing? So Metamorpho was, he was like an adventurer. He was basically like an Indiana Jones type. Okay. And he got hired to retrieve this rare Egyptian artifact, the Orb of Ra. Okay. And then that, uh, that's what gave him these powers. Mm-hmm. And he also hates having these powers. He, oh. he doesn't like them either. Okay. But he doesn't get it as bad as her, I guess, yeah. because he's part of the Justice League um, and is able to go off and I don't know why he's able to do things and she's not. I because guess, men aren't judged entirely on their looks. Yeah. And yeah. And perhaps uh, he doesn't have the chemical imbalance she's got or something. Well, it's, I, I, don't know I mean, I think on. it honestly boils down to, especially at the time in which they're being made, like he gets to be judged by his character and his actions mm-hmm. and she gets to be judged by what man she is currently on the arm of and what she looks like. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Like and that's it ends up being she can keep her face up. Yeah. So when she's being with when she's working with him as a hero, she's getting she gets lumped in with him and mm-hmm. his accomplishments. But when he's she's not with him, all she is is a woman who is not desirable. Right. Especially as a formerly very desirable woman mm-hmm. as well, right? Like that's a big part of that. Yeah. Sexism. <laughs> so the company's all she's got. And then we have that three panel shot of her just sitting in that chair. Yeah, the day, the sunset. Day, sunset, night. night. Nobody cares anymore. Nobody phones. And then the phone. Oh, God, put on a brave face. And there's a wall full of faces. Yeah. <laughs> in a brave face and then we get the title facade and we have our credits neil gaiman writer colleen doran penciler malcolm jones the third inker steve olaf colorist todd klein letterer tom payer assistant editor and karen berger the editor uh element girl created by bob haney and ramona Fredon. i think that uh i think that metamorpho himself was created as kind of a parody of the over-the-top heroes Okay. Because he was like so goofy, like the way that he worked, but that goofiness became popular. Mm. I have never been a Metamorpho fan. I remembered when I was a kid and my parents would just buy me Superman and Justice League style comics. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, we didn't get them often enough that I could read the regular stories. I didn't know if it it had to be continued, I would get mad because I knew I wouldn't get the next issue. Yeah. But if he showed up, I was just like, I don't like this guy. Yeah, I can see that. He's just like boring. Mm. boring powers these days i'm an adult who understands you can take characters like that and make good stories and i'm sure that's happens sure. but uh yeah back when i was a kid bleh, boring <laughs> he's no like cool <laughs> what's with the goofy colors why is one arm orange and one purple so she gets a phone call from an old friend mm-hmm. della cariacus mm-hmm. but i was della potter when you knew me and neither of those names 
Is this is this no, a known this entity? Is another, She's not? No, this is another brand new character. Just a CIA never seen woman. Before. The one name, uh, I got your phone number from Triangle. You see Triangle later. Triangle was the other agent that accompanied her when she went to the uh, to the Tome of Ra to get the oh. orb to get exposed. So okay. he was another agent. So this is somebody who works at worked at the company. His name is Triangle? Well, his code name is Triangle. Because <gasps> they're agents, they get code names. He's Bill Cipher. So they make a coffee date, basically, or a lunch date. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do it. So they make a lunch date at the Da Vinci, you know, the Italian place in the mall. Mm-hmm. She has to make a face, and she says when she makes faces, they give her dreams, the bad and the terrible. Mm. So it's interesting. She's been so lonely, then she, she gets the phone call to make a plan, and... All she wanted was for someone to reach out to her. And then as soon as they do, even that doesn't make her happy. And now she's lying in bed anxious mm-hmm. about having to talk to someone. Ah. And her dream takes her to a pyramid. Yeah. In the past, back when she was blonde. In my dream, the tomb doesn't smell of anything. The last time I came down here, it smelled of dust and of death. Yeah. And so in this dream... She sees Ra, he speaks to her, he grabs her, and he molds her body like it's clay. Mm-hmm. But that's not how it actually happened. This is her own yeah. dream of what happened to her. It says up there, this didn't happen. It was just the stone. It didn't happen like this. But this is how she feels that it's happened, right? It feels yeah. like the god took her and like molded her body and wrecked it, mm. turned it into mortal clay. Mm-hmm. I never asked for it. I just went where I was told to, did what I was asked. Was that so bad? Yeah. And that's the closest we get to dream showing up in this entire issue, mm-hmm. is that she has a dream Yeah. of Ra, and it's terrible. Mm-hmm. You'd think if you can turn yourself into anything, the easiest thing in the world would be to transmute yourself into flesh, right? No. I tried it once. Never again. I couldn't get rid of the smell for weeks. Rotten meat. So if she tries to make flesh, it's not living flesh. It's well, dead the, flesh. I guess it doesn't stay living for a while, for long. Because she has nothing to sustain it with. Right, yeah. She doesn't have the blood flow to keep it going. Yeah. yeah. So she makes like the parts of it and then doesn't have any support structure for it. Yeah. So she makes um, silicate faces, mm-hmm. but apparently they harden. I guess. I don't know much about how silicone works. Uh, or any of that, yeah. Uh, I didn't look up silicate face science. Okay, that's cool. I would just assume that this is true enough for a superhero. Sure. I just assume all of her faces are made of high-quality sex toy material. Oh, that could be. Yeah. As long as she uses the, the water-based lube on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't put silicone on silicone. She uh, she turns her hair into metal, apparently. So I imagine she's actually like spinning her hair into gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. So, yeah. So she looks pretty stunning for a while when she's out. Mm-hmm. She has to cover up all of her skin because she's not mm-hmm. going to try to make her, her skin change colors and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And she meets her friend in the restaurant. Of course, her friend didn't. Wanted to see her just to see her. She had to dish to somebody. Oh, how complicated her life is. Yeah, right? She's working the CIA. And I guess she's married because her name has changed. She's either married or she's recently divorced, I guess. But I'm going to guess she's married. 
right? Uh, she could have kept the name if she was widowed. Because she's, she's Della Cariacus, uh-huh. but she was Della Potter before. Maybe she changed her name for a CIA thing. Maybe. Like maybe she was undercover when they right. met, or maybe she was married and she was widowed, so her name got changed because mm-hmm. you keep you can keep the name. Yeah, yeah, all sorts of things. So something's ha- something's happened mm-hmm. in her life, and she's pregnant, but the father is in another department, co intel prop. She's also pregnant and drinking wine. <laughs> Fair, yeah. Ah, oh, well. Uh, he's going to get a divorce, but we've got to keep this quiet until then. Mm. He's not going to get a divorce. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Ladies or, or anyone dating someone who is currently married and not separated. <laughs> the odds are it's not going to land on your side. <laughs> yeah. It's just how that works out. Uh, she does talk about being 36 and pregnant Mm -hmm. and she is worried that her child will have some kind of developmental disability Mm -hmm. Uh, and she she says this in a really um not cool way by pointing to a group of people just you know minding their own freaking business uh outside the restaurant and calling them freaks yeah (laughs) dick move della dick move yeah, like really uncool. Like you uh, you go from caring about this person to them being just instantly, oh, you're just all about you and you're judgmental and an asshole. Yeah. Um, I think if you're that judgmental about people with different abilities, you probably shouldn't have kids. Just <laughs> get over that first, maybe? Fair. Like, ugh. Fair. <sighs> and like, and the, I think what's really striking too is that the groove of people she's making fun of all have big smiles on their faces. They're mm-hmm. all just having a good time. And so her worry that her child would be a freak has nothing to do with the fact that her child could be born with some kind of birth defect yeah. and still have a happy life. Which she is not. Yeah. She's the one who doesn't have any kind of birth defect and she's right. sitting there throwing shade at a bunch of kids exactly. who have nothing wrong with them, really. Yes. And yeah, she's just creating her own miserable life. Absolutely. I ain't got no time for Della. I think the selfishness has kind of dried up her face. Well, I think it's not just the selfishness. I think, I mean, this woman is choosing to call a bunch of people freaks and Rainy yeah. herself considers herself to be a freak. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I want to make it absolutely clear here. I am not throwing shade on Della for sleeping with someone who's married or getting pregnant. Like, there's all kinds of complicated shit that happens in that kind of thing. It's seriously just her hating on people who are out of control of what is happening in their life. That's it. Also, just put right there, she's pregnant and drinking alcohol yep. and then throwing shade on kids who were born differently. I'm, already, I'm just already <laughs> going to assume she's an all-around bad person. Yeah. And the reason that she's pregnant with a married guy is a totally bad uh, reason and makes her even more of a worse person. I'm fine sure. with doing that until like, I accept that there may be further evidence to change my mind. Yeah. But right now, nope. Bad person. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Bad person. And it's the only person who's reached out to Rainey so far has been somebody who's been like, me, 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 me. And I hope they're not like you, you freak. Yeah. Well, no, because it's not, I hope they're not like you because she doesn't know that Rainey's a freak. All she knows is that she hasn't seen Rainey. 
Well, she knows that Rainey has the powers and looks like that. We're, well, because they were they worked together in the CIA. She talked to Triangle. So she knows so that Triangle she... Triangle must surely know. And she knows why she's not exactly working. So she knows that Rainey has put a silicone face on. Like, it's not that I, weird when her face falls. Like she's. I don't know if she knows if it's silicone. She probably thinks, oh, you've got powers and you can do that. Oh, yeah, because she's selfish. So she doesn't think about, she's never stopped to ask, hey, Rainey, what's it like to do this? What do you have to do to do this? Does yeah. it hurt? Is yeah. it hard? She doesn't ask those questions because all she yeah. goes is, yeah, you look beautiful. You look the same as you did, you know, She knows enough to say ago. she's got a skin disease because that's what she just told her. Yeah. And, and, well, I guess that's what I can say. Yeah. But yeah, she's selfish. Me, 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 me. And I hope my baby is perfect. Blech. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd run away crying as well. She burns through the door by saying magnesium. Tried to look this up for you. This is an example of the bad science. Yeah, I want to know. Can I just make, can I just throw magnesium in so a door if I lose my keys? Magnesium does this super cool thing that when you get it hot enough, it will burn. Like you just like you if you put a, a a really hot flame to it, and we did this. I remember doing this with a strip of mani- magnesium in my science class back when I was in high school, and it burns really, really bright and really hot. Does it burn green? Uh, no, magnesium is. I'm pretty sure white. I can, actually here I can probably show you. Oh, maybe we'll link to a YouTube video. Um, so here we go. Magnesium ribbon set on fire. So this is. So there's that's magnesium, and it doesn't even take that much. That's a good uh, torch torch lighter there, right? Yeah. And so this will actually this is metal catching fire once it gets hot enough. Ooh. And so that's what it does, right? Okay. So that's just the metal burning, right? And it's it doesn't need more fire to keep going because it's on. It's now hot enough that it is the metal itself is combusting, mm-hmm. and when it does that, it is just super bright. It's what they use in flares, magnesium flare. Oh. Right. So, and fireworks will use this as well. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, magnesium will burn very hot. And I guess at the heat, that might melt other metals or something. Okay. But uh, you still need to make it hot to burn. Mm -hmm. So, that's the example of superhero science, which is like, well, not really, but okay, it's close enough that we'll let it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she's got superpowers. And she burnt her glove off in the process. Yeah, I'm. she should have, I think, I think Metamorpho has super strength. So it's kind of weird that she would do that. Mm. But also she mm. could have turned into, like she does it later, nitrogen. And just been a gas and just seeped into the door. Yeah, regardless, she still comes home just in a frenzy, having forgot mm-hmm. her purse. She yeah. can't go back there, so she breaks into her house, and the first thing she does is pick up the phone because she needs to talk to someone. She needs to talk to Mulligan. Mulligan will know what to do. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Mr. Mulligan has been transferred to another department, which may just mean he got someone else to answer the phone for him because he just didn't want to deal with it. Or yeah. he might be in another department. I could give him the benefit of the doubt. I felt that way too. I mean, in my head, Canon Mulligan's a nice guy and cares and talks to her nicely, but it's just gone on for so long and it's getting kind of creepy. And he, he said near the beginning of the issue, mm-hmm. uh, you're not the only vet I have to deal with. Mm-hmm. He deals with a lot of veterans from the company. Yeah. 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 So he uh, he's gone. Mm-hmm. And she gets rid of all of her, her. Her hair goes back to normal. She pops out of her clothes by turning into nitrogen. What am I still wearing this shit for? Yeah. 
It's true. When I'm home, I also don't like to wear clothes. And her costume, I think you were asking me earlier, like, what's up with the black coverage yeah. and the breasts and the things? It looks like she's wearing two coconuts. So it's just a 1968, 1967 character creation where they go, we got to make it the same as the metamorpho guy who's different colors all over and basically is only wearing the superhero trunks that Superman has with a belt. Yeah. And so they do her and they just go, let's just put black things where her boobs are. It's a black bikini she's wearing, essentially. She has a built-in bikini to cover the parts we need to cover. That's really nice that Raw decided to give her that one. Yeah. And she also has the, the same trunks that he has in the bottom. Yeah. So she plans to kill herself. Yeah. But says how. Yeah, apparently she's not so easy to kill. Mm-hmm. Dream is not in this comic, but his sister, Death, shows up. Yeah. Um. I think actually, before we talk about that, mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting to look at these four panels um, of her emotions. Okay. Yeah, that's page. okay. Let's so sorry, eight panels here. Sure. And what I find interesting here is that it's more indicative of like the apathy of depression, mm-hmm. I think, rather than like she's not just, she's not depicted as this person who is sad all the time because while I'm not an expert on depression, it has a lot more to do with not feeling things than feeling things, right? At its at mm-hmm. its worst. Mm-hmm. And so she sits there and sits there and it's just, I'll kill myself and it's not, she doesn't feel anger or upset until she just can't actually do it. Right. You know, and I, I really, I really enjoy these, these just singular shots of her thinking about it and contemplating. Mm-hmm. And then she gets a guest. Mm-hmm. Not Dream in The Sandman. He doesn't show up in this. No. But his sister, Death. And... <sighs> Okay, so I have a thought. I have a thought about this. Okay. Um, specifically about about the role that death plays and how it's very different from how dream uh, interacts with people. So dream, when he meets someone who's struggling, he doesn't sit down next to them and say, hey, what's going on with you? Just talk to me about mm-hmm. it. He goes, I'm dream and my cloak <laughs> is on fire and I look like a hot topic and you're just immortal and you wouldn't understand. And, rah, rah, rah. and then yeah. he, he like just gives you nightmares or gives you dreams, but he's not compassionate to people on a, on a you know, mm-hmm. first person basis. He either fixes your problem or tells you that you're fucked. And yeah, right. And that's well, it. It's even like he, when he, he cares, he's like, like when he when he helped out, uh, when he helped out Rose's brother, mm-hmm. it was just like mm, there. That is enough. So I'm giving you this one thing, and your brother will be fine. But there's no compassion to yeah. it. He doesn't stop to talk to people. I see death here is just this complete embodiment of like emotional labor. She doesn't have to be doing this, but she shows up and sits next to someone and says, "What's going on with you?" And then when she when Rainy. When Rainy, and then when Rainy says, I want to die and I can't, Death is like, all right, let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even jump to, doesn't jump to how she's going to help her because that's actually not important when you're talking to someone who is depressed and upset. What's important is to just talk to them mm-hmm. in the first place, just let them say things to you and feel emotions with them. And yeah, I see her doing that. So this is an absolute, you know, yeah, I don't. I can't imagine dreams sitting down and just letting someone talk to them for a while and 
doing that because he's too busy brooding and stuff that just wouldn't suit his image. And he's also kind of fine with nightmares and she's kind of got a nightmare life, right? He's like, yeah, sometimes it sucks. Mm -hmm. And death is like, oh, sometimes it sucks. Yeah, but also death knows that there's an end Mm -hmm. and that she won't actually die. She'll probably come back again, right? She kind of makes it seem like life might be cyclical. She's not letting people know exactly, but that's part of the impression I get from her. Mm -hmm. And so that's just the impression I get. The difference between dream and death here is Mm -hmm. that when you really want this story of someone being compassionate, Neil picks death who is female for a reason. I think this is the only time I've ever seen death depicted as female in any piece of fiction. Um, I can't recall another piece of fiction where death was female besides maybe Dead Like Me, where there's a lot of different deaths. Which is, again, after this. Like, really, yeah. 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 Um, There have been, I think, some merciful deaths, but they were probably more like winged angels and angels of death and Valkyrie and things Mm. like that. Okay. It's not that I'm too scared to kill myself. I, I'm scared of lots of things. I'm scared of noises in the nighttime, scared of telephones and closed doors, scared of people, scared of everything, not of death. I want to die. It's just that I don't know how. And then we find out that her powers have made her effectively immortal. Yeah. That, like Hob Gadling, she's like Hob Gadling in reverse. Mm. She, she got an immortality that she didn't ask for. Mm-hmm. And she's had nowhere near an entire full life. No. It's just that the life she's had has been terrible. Yeah. She she got these powers and then got snubbed by the entire world, including the only human being who should be able to empathize with her. Yeah. Because he has the same problem. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and on top of that, she can't die. Her body processes poisons. Bullets won't do any damage. She was thinking maybe she could go to a nuclear test and sit at ground zero from the nuclear bomb, but what if she survived and then she just lives but is radioactive? And so she can't go near anyone. She'd cause everyone to die and yeah. the ground to rot around her, yeah. And she knows uh, she can turn herself just into like oxygen or free radicals and just like let herself spread out in the air, but she worries she'd still be kind of conscious and it would be even worse. Mm. So she's thought all of this through. She's yeah. like, She's like, I can't do this and i just want to get out i don't know if her spreading herself out across the ocean would make her sad you know that actually almost seems like an interesting way to continue on your life like to try like would she not be able to bring herself back together again is that i think that's what she worries about that she would Mm -hmm. just be spread spread out and barely conscious but not be able to reform Mm -hmm. it's a it's a comic that somebody would eventually reform her but yeah i mean it'd be terrible for a long time and she's just not happy. And she mentions, how did that song go from that TV show, Suicide is Painless? Now, the song is called Suicide is Painless, and it is the theme song for the television show MASH. Mm-hmm. But the lyrics are never used in the TV no, show. it's just the flute. They're actually, but the lyrics are from the movie mm-hmm. of MASH, and I have that right here. Oh, early morning fall. Visions of the things to be The pains that are withheld for me I realize and I can see That suicide is painless 
It brings on many changes And I can take or leave it if I please The game of life is hard to play I'm going to lose it anyway The losing card I'll someday lay So this is all I have to say That suicide is painless It brings on many changes And I can take or leave Always remember you just like this The only way to win is cheap and lay it down before I'm beat mm-hmm. And to another give my seat For that's the only painless feat A suicide is painless It brings on many changes And I can take or leave Throwing your whole education away. Right, Jawbreaker. So that's the song. Uh, I love it. I love mm. it. And I, you never hear it because it's not ever sung for the TV show, which I also loved. I had a piano book growing up that had a bunch of um, music from films and it had that, it had the lyrics from that. And mm-hmm. I I didn't know it was from, like I grew up watching MASH in reruns mm-hmm. on the television, MASH, the t- television show. Yeah. And I saw this song in my book that said Suicide Was Painless and I sat down and started playing it on the piano and was like, oh, I recognize this melody. Oh, weird. I never heard these lyrics before. Oh, this is really dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I used to sing it a lot, actually. I like that song a lot. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I hadn't actually heard it in a while, and I really loved how it picked up in the middle. And now I'm kind of wishing somebody did a good cover of that. Yeah, well, if you watch the video, the the man who's singing it is smiling when he sings, not the first verse, but the second verse. He sings mm-hmm. with a big, Picks up shitty a big grin, grin on his face. Oh, yeah, because they're having a total lark at this guy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's also though I like the idea of that song of like, because it's not true, right? Like suicide isn't painless. No, and so when you sing about it by by changing your tone between the different verses, you're kind of pointing out that this song is a fantasy as well. Mm-hmm. And so she thinks it's it's dumb that uh, everywhere around the world people are trying not to die. People are afraid of death. Mm-hmm. And, and she wants to die and she can't. Yeah, and she's afraid of living yeah. and not afraid of dying. Yeah. And that's the opposite for them. Yeah, and uh, Death points out that even the metamorphae die eventually. Everything dies. Just takes a little bit longer. The metaplasm dissolves and you're ready to move on. Remember Algon? And uh, they give you all the background you need here. This is as far as I can tell yeah. true from the comics as well. He was in the comics uh, they fought him in one of those comics between Metamorpho 10 and 17. And Algon was also a Metamorpho yeah, thingy. He, 
he had become a metamorph the same way, but 2000 years ago, but then had been depowered for a long time. And then I guess got repowered and he killed somebody. And because he looked like metamorpho, metamorpho got framed for his crime. Oh no. So there's a whole trial of metamorpho because it was super cheesy. Okay. But then the element girl and metamorpho fought Algon in a exploding volcano. And that's what killed him. He died, but they survived. Yeah. Hmm. As far as I can tell, that's mm. how that worked. I can't find those actual 50-year-old comics. But how do you know that? There was nobody there, only Rex and me, no one else. Uh, Rex being Metamorpho, that's his actual name. Ah, so at, up to this point, um, Rain didn't even know she was talking to death. She was just talking to this woman who didn't seem surprised by what she looked like and mm-hmm. was being compassionate to her. Mm-hmm. And uh, death says, don't you know? And Rain says, yes, I think you do. And you've come for me? Blessed, merciful death, you've come to make it all stop? This seems to be a response by Neil. Just around this time, death actually appeared in an unauthorized by Neil Gaiman crossover in the Captain Adam comic book series. Okay. And in that version... She was there uh, along with another version of death. And Captain Adam was like, but you're death? I thought he was death. And Mm. she's like, death has many faces. And Captain Adam says something along the lines of, ah, I see. You are the compassionate, merciful death. And this did not at all get run by Neil. And this is a character that he had a lot of plans for. And that absolutely was not what he had in mind. Mm -hmm. And so this actual issue and specifically this response by death seems to be a hey dc writers no this is who this death is yeah this death is not exactly compassionate merciful she's she has empathy as you're pointing out Mm -hmm. but she's not exactly telling rainy there's so much to live for yeah or any of that just that it's not her time yet just that well if you you know you can die trust me you can die that's what she's saying right now trust she is telling her that she didn't come here to take her Mm mm-hmm she came here to take someone else. Yeah, yeah. And at the same time, she is all over yeah. all of time space taking people. Anyway, I'm not blessed or merciful. It's just me. I've got a job to do and I do it. Listen, even as we're talking, I'm there for old and young, innocent and guilty, those who die together and those who die alone. I'm in cars and boats and planes, in hospitals and forests and abattoirs. For some folks, death is a release, and for others, death is an abomination, a terrible thing. But in the end, I'm there for all of them. Rainy, in West Africa, a small village is being massacred by mercenaries in pay of their own government. I'm there. In the farthest reaches of a distant galaxy, a planet is being ripped apart by internal stresses. The planet was the home of many crystal intelligences, calm and fine and beautiful. I'm there as well. I'm in all those places, and I'm also here talking to you, but I'm not your death, at least not yet. Mm. When the first living thing existed, I was there, waiting. When the last living thing dies, my job will be finished. I'll put the chairs on the tables, turn out the lights, and lock the universe behind me when I leave. Mm. (sighs) And... See, this is what I see as as being so starkly different about death from dream, like I mm-hmm. mentioned before, is that, you know, both of them 
are this endless thing that that sees life and continues and is there to serve life, essentially. Uh, but death manages to kind of treat every single life as valuable, as equally valuable and mm-hmm. and not valuable all at once. Yeah. In a way that is very different from how Dream does. Because yeah. Dream t- teaches every life is the same level of value too. He doesn't care. Mortal lives begin and end. They, mm-hmm. you know, they don't carry on. And so, yeah, yeah. She just does it in a better way. I like her better. I yeah, I'm with you on that. You like <laughs> death better than dream. Yeah, congratulations, Neil Gaiman. <laughs> <laughs> so back to Rainy. Uh, are you saying that you won't help me, and that I've got another two thousand years of being a freak, two thousand years of hell? You make your own hell, Rainy. And so she just kind of stands there staring at her. And then for no reason, she just breaks and goes, okay, I'll help you if that's what you want. That's what I get for getting involved. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For walking past your apartment while you were crying and your door was burning. (sighs) And uh, she thinks she's going to get oblivion. Yeah. And death says, your life is your own, Rainy. So is your death. And oblivion, that's not an option, I'm afraid. Mythologies take longer to die than people believe. They linger on in a kind of dream country that affects all of you. Dream country being the name of this anthology. Yeah. Yeah. So we learn a little bit about, little bit about Ra, at least in the background here. Mm-hmm. He's seen better days. He still keeps bringing the metamorphic into existence, even though the battle your kind fought finished ages ago. It's his never-ending battle against Apep, the serpent that never dies. Dumb. I told him. The serpent that never dies is dead. I took her 3,000 years ago. The never-ending battle ended. If you really wanted to end this life, Rainy, you ought to talk to him. Talk, talk to him, but he's in Egypt. I, I can't go to Egypt. I. Oh, honestly, it's like talking to a wall. Sorry, Rainy, but you people are so slow. Look, the Orb of Ra, it's not only in a tomb. He's a sun god, Rainy. He's the sun. Well, sort of, one of them. He's out there right now, Rainy. See? Talk to him before he sets. But ask politely. Hmm. And so Rainy goes over to the window and opens the blinds. And at first she's shielding her eyes from the sun while talking to him. Mm-hmm. What do I say? Um, Ra? H- hello, Ra? He spoke to me. Did you hear that? He actually spoke to me. Please, sir... I don't want to be me. Thank you for making me special, but I don't want to be special. I just want it to stop. Can you make me normal again, please? Look at you. You want me to look at you? But you mustn't. You mustn't look at the sun. Well, okay. The sun. I never realized before. The sun, it's just a mask, too. And the face behind it, it's beautiful. It's... And she turns to stone. Or whatever that is. Or dust, yeah. Or ash, I guess. I'm going to say ash because she was smoking so much. <laughs> right? And she ends up in her ashtray. Mm-hmm. So I, I think ash is what we're, what we're looking at here. Mm-hmm. Have fun, Rainy. Better luck next time. Which makes me think about the cyclical nature of death next time, mm-hmm. as in she'll probably be reincarnated. Yeah, perhaps. There is an element woman in DC Comics now, but they're a different character. Mm. 
Okay. And not as troubled as Rainy oh, at all, it seems. I haven't read any of it, but she seems to be doing fine. And the phone rings, and Death answers the phone. And it is Mulligan calling, checking in on Rainy, because he, uh, he got the message. Mm-hmm. I would like for him to show up again 30 years later, talking about that day when he got transferred departments in the CIA. He got that big promotion, and... Element Girl called to reach him, and he didn't get the message. And by the time he contacted her, she had passed away. Hmm. It was so sad. Sorry I couldn't help any. Be seeing you. <laughs> yeah, the Sandman Annotations notes that that is a line often used in the television series The Prisoner. Okay. And... Claims that the interrogation of death across the phone is vaguely reminiscent of the series. Uh, and the prisoner also featured a nameless intelligence agency. So it could be a nod to the prisoner there be seeing you. Mm. I don't uh, know what the prisoner is. I never really watched it. So. It was the old, yeah, I haven't seen, I, I know of it. I have seen a little bit of it, but it's not a thing that I know. I have several friends who are absolute fans of okay. the series and think it's genius. Mm. And I trust their opinion. So it's a good thing. Probably. Okay. I just don't know it myself. Hmm. So, facade, and we find out that even the sun is just a mask, mm-hmm. and she's a person who makes these masks. I mean, what's going on here? It's uh, it's sad. It's a story about somebody who's depressed, but it's also a story about somebody who makes faces and who doesn't want to be doing that anymore. And yeah, if she lived in a world where people were just okay with her, she wouldn't need to make faces, and, mm-hmm. and this wouldn't be a problem. Like, she yeah. wouldn't need the facade. If this world literally just accepted her, yeah. it would be fine. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to deny her experiences, but there should be a lot of places where a superhero person like this could just kind of hang out. You know what I mean? Like, the Justice League, if she were to say, I'm super depressed, I have powers, I don't want to go do superhero stuff, but can I work at the JLA or just help tidy up or something, and I'm kind of invulnerable, and that way you don't have to worry about me dying. Yeah, I mean, she could work in power plants. She could work in... Yeah. There's all sorts of not fighting supervillains, but instead, like, doing dangerous jobs for people that she could be doing instead. Yeah, there's all sorts of things she could be doing. It It could be that maybe the CIA is forbidding her. That's something we're not getting, that the company is like, listen, you work for us. And, uh, but how are you going to tell somebody with that power that is immortal not to do what they want? That's actually kind of a major criticism I have of all comic book stories or superhero stories, essentially, mm-hmm. is that to me, it's funny that the most interesting jobs you could come up with for people with these powers are just to fight other people with powers and destroy things when in reality your different powers would make you so useful Mm -hmm. right like i think spider-man's the closest to using his powers to do not just fighting crime things at times like because he he builds Technology. I guess Tony Stark does too. Tony Stark builds all kinds of technology. Tony but like Stark, Tony at Stark, least in the in the cinematic universe, certainly is. Tony Stark doesn't need to be building power suits for people to fly off and shoot each other with. No. He needs to be building. He builds that for himself. He needs to build legs for kids who can't walk. I think he like, does. Sure, but I I just want that story. I I know it's more exciting to have people kill people, but like I just want to see more X Men who use their mutant powers not to fight each other, but to just like. 
work in dangerous places or mm-hmm. manufacture things that are interesting. I guess that's maybe really capitalist perspective on the whole thing. Uh, I <laughs> no, I totally, I totally agree with you. Um, once you have any kind of superpower, you at the very least are going to kind of have some fans who will help support you. Right. You yeah. have like a name that you can cash in on a little, um, and especially if you have the power to like turn into mist and fly away, which she certainly does. You can do that. All right, I'm really tired of everybody chasing me now and fly away thing, which granted means you have problems of hanging out where you would like to, but you can at least like bug off and hang out on a mountain when you need to get away. I mean... So it is it is weird when somebody who has a power that allows them to ignore our own minor problems mm. doesn't ignore those minor problems. But that's because those are the stories we want to hear. Yeah. Right? We want to hear the story of the person who's so depressed because nobody comes to visit them. Yeah. Even though, what are you talking about? You should just go out in the in, uh, out in the streets and go, hey, I'm Element Girl. I just want to hang out and have coffee with people. That'd be cool. Yeah, you know, scientists would love that. There's like yeah. a chemist to just have a person next to him who can, or her, um, a, a person in their lab who can just generate different elements at will. Yeah. Or just silicate faces. Sell your faces on Etsy. Well, again, this is before the internet, right? But like, I could just imagine her working in a lab. Like, mm-hmm. just go back to school and become a chemist. She's just sad. I. Yeah. It's it's uh, sad that she is sad, even though she has privileges. Is what we're saying. She has superhero privilege, which we're all like. But you have superhero privilege, and it's kind of like saying to rich people, "Why are you sad? You're rich." Well, because doesn't matter. Because humans are complicated. Because humans are complicated and you'd be sad for any reason. Yeah. 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 So that is the end of Dream Country. Mm-hmm. That is the end of our little mini closed stories. Up next, we have the acclaimed storyline, Season of Mists. The acclaimed Seasons of Mists. Season. Season of Mists. Of Mists. Season of Mists. Yeah. Hmm. And... It is seven parts long. Okay. The first issue is entitled Season of Mists, a prologue. So you're not getting a whole bunch. I'm going to let you guess based on knowing almost nothing. Mm. So Wildest Dreams, a large story arc. It does involve dream. This is not a thing where it's like we don't see dream. It does feature at least one character we've met before, for sure. One major character. Okay, any guesses? That's as much as I want to give you. Season of Mists. Hmm. Well, now, in the last major arc, not counting all these standalone stories. Yeah, yeah, major arc. I get what you're saying. He kind of had a standoff with Desire, right? Mm -hmm. Desire was the major villain. Yeah, it seemed that way, yeah. And... Desire is paired up with despair. And so maybe now it's time that despair is going to take a shot at at Sandy. Oh. So I think that this this one, the reoccurring character, is mm-hmm. despair. And okay. that that's the villain through all of this mm. next storyline. It's okay. going to be a long story of however it is that despair decides to buck with Sandman. All right. Well, we'll have to find out next episode you've been dreaming of the sandman issue 20 facade for show notes visit thedreaming.motivedust.com support future episodes at patreon.com slash thedreaming 
Like us on Facebook, rate and review us on your favorite podcast app, including Google Play Music and iTunes. Our theme music is Oneri by Kai Angle. Hear more at kaiangle.bandcamp.com. The Dreaming was recorded in Burnaby, British Columbia, Canada, on the unceded territory of the Musqueam, Squamish, Kikate, and Tsleil-Waututh Nations. I'm Joe Fulgham. Thanks for listening. Time to wake up. <laughs>